0: Aloistic, hi, it's Gary from Motorspit. I'm a racing driver in the United Kingdom. I'm calling in to discuss your segment that's frequently played on Lulu Island, which is called Exploring Sound. Um, I have no idea how to create music, so I'm not even going to attempt to guess what that is. But I wondered if you published any of this stuff on SoundCloud or uh, Spotify potentially. I'd love to make a little playlist because I think it would make for awesome meditation music. Um, If you could just get back to me, let me know. Even if it's a no, um, I would really appreciate that. That's cool. Hope you're having a great day, and have a great weekend.
1: Gary, thank you for your call-in. A motorsports racing driver. How fascinating. I used to be... (sighs) I worked at Skip Barber Racing School back in the mid-90s and uh, big big racing fan huge love driving in uh, iRacing and Assetto Corsa and project cars and virtual reality so I'm quite a racing driver myself only my car is virtual instead of actual so I can crash it as many times as I please and it doesn't cost me another dime as far as my exploring sound wave that's so funny Uh, that is actually a uh, tremolo harmonica that I was playing and I was simply goofing around because I have absolutely no clue about music and it was kind of my approach I had with art I had no clue and so I just play and I feel very honored that you would like to have them as a meditative suite and that makes me think of how I could use that to create meditative melodic sounds because I do enjoy meditation and the tones can definitely get you into the right mood and mode. It's very cool hearing a racing driver speaking of meditation, by the way. and. Um, <sighs> Now I want to get out my harmonica and play around again. Soundcloud. Hmm. Have not put them on Soundcloud. I have a Soundcloud account, but I mostly just grab other people's audio. So, ah, perhaps you've inspired me to create with sound the way I do with color and light. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. I do have some beautiful little VR toys and tools for creating music that I've yet to really fully explore. So who knows, maybe I'll do some more. Thanks again Gary, Mr. Super Race Car Driver. By the way, what kind of racing do you do, what kind of vehicle do you drive? I'd be interested in finding out more. I. Do love fast cars. Although I don't own a car anymore. I ride a bicycle. I gave up my driver's license because I no longer wish to drive and support that whole system. I don't know. Weird thing. I just like riding a bike. Um So yeah, thank you again for your call in. Ciao for now. aloistic Artist Out.
2: Hey Alloistic Artists, this is Kristen from the Positive Psychology Podcast. I just wanted to say thanks for finding my station and favoriting it. Uh, Let me know if you have any questions pertaining to psychology or positive psychology or anything like that. And also, I just wanted to say that I heard your uh, anchor origin story in Lulu's station, and it was quite funny. So, yeah, quite hilarious, actually. It's like in the beginning. Yeah, so that was fun. Take care. Bye-bye. P.S. Um, as I said, the name of your station. It just occurred to me that that's really that sounds like the the Dao kind of thing. Are you a Daoist? Uh, may I ask. I'm just curious. Take care. Bye.
1: Positively psychology. Thank you for calling me. Dao. I don't even really know what a Taoist is. I'm sorry. Most of my... Most of my stuff comes from within. Sitting with myself in meditation. The word and the term aloistic came to me when I was studying Abraham Hicks and their art of allowing. And I thought, hmm, art of allowing. That sounds... Aloistic, And then I went and Googled it. And Google said, eh, never heard of it. And I thought, wow, I stumped Google. I shall become the aloistic artist. Because many people tried to pigeonhole me into a particular art form, oh, they'd see my realistic pieces and they'd say, oh, you're a realist, and then they'd see my abstract pieces, oh, you're an abstract, blah, 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 and I didn't like any of the pigeonholes they stuck me in, so I decided to take the whole lot for myself and call myself aloistic, allowing creativity to flow in whatever excites me most in the minute, in the moment of the now, and trying to remind myself to allow that creativity to flow as often. As it excites me. So. If that's a Taoist. Wow. I have no idea. I. Uh, like I said. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just play with creativity. And try to have fun everyday. And live in the now. And observe this past. That's flowing by we're enjoying this moment. So, thank you very much for your calling. And positivity is my state of being. And I imagine the psychology behind that's quite interesting. But I found in my observing of life that the state of being is the point at which we have power in the now. So it's from that state of being that we operate. It's almost like a Google query to the universe. If you put in something in Google, you expect it to come back, right, with the reply to the specific term or search that you were doing. So I found that the state of being is our google query if you will to the universe so whatever your state of being is putting out that's what your search will return so we use our our emotional feedback mechanism to tell us what we are currently vibrating in the moment of now think of it like a song like a tune if you're if you're discombobulated if everything's out of whack and out of tune, it sounds terrible and we experience this this, this extreme contrast. It's just like paintings, life requires contrast to have an image. And it's through observing this contrast and not getting caught up in it that we can allow ourselves to stay in that high vibrational state of being that brings us more states of joy to experience. So, thank you very much for your call in. I appreciate it greatly. Zalvestik Artist, signing out for now. I think I'm going to go paint. Actually, no. I'm going to go find my harmonica and see if I can play some harmonious tunes for Gary the Race Car Driver Extraordinaire. Thank you. And ciao for now. Playing something new and playing, it's important to set yourself free from expectations and allow play. Because when you were a child, you have no expectations. Everything is just a state of play, joy of the now. tremolo on this Suzuki tremolo harmonica from Japan, a two-timer. also very interesting to me how different it sounds on an inhale versus an exhale. Here's an exhale and an inhale. It just has a slight difference in the way the vibration is created. Thank you, Gary, for inspiring me to play a little more with my harmonica. And one of these days I actually know what I'm doing, but for now, it's just play, play, play. Play around, have fun. Play some more for the fun of it. Very fun this little toy. listen
0: to some other... Hey, Hello, Stick. Thanks for publishing my call-in, getting back to me. Um, first of all, super cool. You worked at Skip Barber. Uh, I don't know exactly whereabouts you live, but I've been to the Skip Barber Race School in Atlanta, Georgia. Spent some time there back in 2010. And uh, it was a really cool place, one of the best times of my life. So that's amazing that um, that even you've got a connection with that organisation. Sadly, no longer exists, I think, um, ran into financial difficulty the earlier part of this year, and uh, it's no longer a going concern, but it's a small world, isn't it, and how we're all connected in some weird way, and uh, cool to hear that story, man. Um, as for me, you asked what car I drive, I have a Toyota MR2 SW20, um, it is a normally aspirated car, and I race that in the UK in the MR2 Championship and 750 Motor Club. Road Sports Series. Very cool.
1: Yes, the uh, Skip Barber Racing School it was interesting. My uncle worked at Jim Russell Racing Driver's School in Monterey at Laguna Seca. And I got to see that as, oh gosh, that would have been in the <laughs> early 90s. And then, um, <clears throat> When I went, uh, I was living in Monterey, or actually in a little town called Spreckels outside of Monterey. And I was working as a graphic designer at a print shop. Really, it was my very first job outside of, uh, outside of college. And I just got, I was getting frustrated because I wasn't having fun with it anymore. And I remember driving back home... Uh, and I, I had to drive from, because I worked in Monterey, California, and I lived in, in Spreckles, so it was like a 17, 18 mile drive. And I drove right past the entrance of Laguna Seca <clears throat> every day. And I saw this, I, I remember heading to work one day and just not feeling into going to work that day. It just was not, I, I just, You know when you get to that point where you're just like ready to quit. (laughs) And I'm tailing this 1973 911 RS light body replica. Beautiful little car. Flame 70 was on the, the license plate ring. And he turned into Laguna Seca. And I followed him in my little... Let me see, I was driving at that time a little... Mercedes 190D, D, little gutless wonder diesel, uh, hardly the race car. But I went to the racetrack and ended up meeting the people and actually getting a ride around the track with, with this gentleman and in his uh, beautiful 73 RS. And I saw the racing school there and I was like, oh my gosh. That's right, my uncle used to work out here. And he was in sales. He was an executive sales guy. He sold all the the schools and stuff like that. And I saw a couple of the mechanics that were working on the car. And I went up to him. I was like, hey, are you guys hiring? Do you you need anybody? Uh, I was like, I'll freaking sweep the floor, man. I just want to be around race cars. I just want to, you know. And and so... uh, They hired me, you know, basically with no experience other than, you know, I grew up with my grandfather having a body shop. And, you know, from the time I was a little kid, tinkering and tearing cars apart and playing with tools and parts and everything. So I ended up working as a race car mechanic there at Skip Barber Racing School from, let me see, that would have been 96, 96 to about 98 and uh, got to meet some really uh, top-notch instructor drivers like Townsend Bell and, and some other guys. Uh, a really interesting one, you may know this driver, uh, uh, Patrick Long. He's a Porsche factory driver now. Well, I belted him into his very first Skip Barber race weekend. Because we had this in a event where they took all these go kart guys and they they gave them a <clears throat> a scholarship, kind of a road to go type of a thing. And Patrick Long was one of the little sixteen year old kids. And uh, it's so fascinating now to see him on TV, you know, in in these top top performing spots and and how far he's gone in his career, but. Uh, I used to, I, I started painting helmets there. Uh, that's an interesting little story. That was my days of helmet painting. Went on later to end up painting helmets on Gasoline Alley in Indianapolis. So I've got quite a racing heritage. Uh, plus, a lot of my paintings were motorsports related. Uh, I'll put a link on here to my website so you can actually look at some of my motorsports fine art. So, very cool about the MR2, love those little cars, and the normally aspirated, ugh, such a fun little mid, mid-drive car. Uh, yeah, cool man, it's good to hear.
0: Happy to be the source of a little inspiration for you today, just listen to your segment uh, of you playing the harmonica once more, and it sounds like you're having a good time, obviously, in your element creating and playing. Uh, It reminded me when you spoke of play, of the philosopher Alan Watts. I don't know if you ever heard of him or care for that kind of thing, Uh, but he described how essentially, exactly what you said, we must relax and, you know, just explore the moment, explore ourselves without inhibition. So if that's what you've been doing this morning, this evening, whatever time it is for you, um, you know, glad to be a part of that. And I hope you have a great day.
1: Oh, man. Gary, I just recorded a whole five-minute wave. Beautiful. It had all kinds of elegant thoughts and cool things I said. And then I went to go copy a link, came back, and it crashed on me. So I'll I'll try to recreate that wave now. Um, Oh, man. What was I speaking of? Ah, yes. Alan Watson in play. And the importance of play in our everyday uh, motorsports yes tying the two together so one of the things I appreciate about motorsports is how much in the now it, it focuses you putting yourself in that edge of, of danger and excitement and and totally following the heart and joy the, the, the acceleration of the now and being alive in that moment is so much more vivid when you're doing something like that. And I noticed it even in my virtual reality driving that uh, one of my favorite tracks is the Nuremberg Ring, Laura Schleifer, And writing, driving the, uh, in a set of course, uh, the RSR um, 1974 four nine eleven. Oh, I just love that car. love nor- normally aspirated, tail-happy Porsches that just like to... to ah, you can throttle-steer them so beautifully. Um, but yes, Alan Watts, I am a fan of his work. I've listened to many, 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 many hours of his beautiful speaks from back in the day. And he has a very elegant way of putting them. And I think he brought a lot of awareness to people uh, expanding their consciousness and taking more in. So uh, I was also going to tell you about my motorsports fine art. Uh, I call myself the aloistic artist because I allow so many different types of art to flow through me. And for a period of time about, oh gosh, I guess it was about nine, ten years ago. Wow, it was 10 years ago. I did a whole series of motorsports fine art paintings, and um, <clears throat> also had to learn a valuable lesson about letting the ego get in, in the way, and had to work through that, and got burned pretty bad on, on some um, financial situations with the paintings, and it just made me appreciate doing the art for the fact of the art, rather than trying to chase credits in this world and exchange it for dollars. So now I mostly paint for myself and for my friends and for fun. Um, I've, I've hinted at actually selling some of my paintings and putting them online, and I really need to do that just to share my art with more people. Because I love creating the abstracts, and and I I'm, okay, when I did the motorsports fine art, you'll see them. They're extremely realistic, like hyper realistic. Uh, many times uh, they were. I learned the limitations of photos uh, after pushing the button sixty or eighty thousand times, uh, taking pictures that the eye can see so much more than a photograph. But the problem is when you do realism people engage with engagement with the art shuts off they're like wow it looks like a photo <laughs> and it, then it's just like boop, and turns off where when i do my abstract pieces they engage their imagination oh my god do you see that face and look at this and look at there and it tells me so much more about that person and what they see it is so fascinating to me so i'll share a link here To my Motorsports Fine Art. But you can find some of my other art on there. And I've been really bad about updating my website. It's probably been a couple of years. (laughs) Other than just throwing some stuff in there. I've got a little Anchor section. That was inspired by some Anchor peoples. Back in V1 day. So Here's the link. And I I guess that other wave was just for the universe. Since the Anchor app decided not to put it on. So here you go. Thank you again, Gary, and I look forward to our future conversations. Oh, and Gary, in case you were wondering where I currently am, I currently reside in the American Southwest, in New Mexico, in Las Cruces, to be exact. So very, very south, almost to Mexico. Uh, It's probably about maybe 40 miles to the border of Mexico, south of us, Uh, on a clear day, you can actually see the mountains in Mexico, so, yep, live out in the desert, Uh, came here 20 years ago, or, gosh, it was 20 years, shit, it was 24 years ago, wow, Uh, I got a scholarship, the Baranda Scholarship for International Studies, uh, for art. And I came out to the American Southwest and took a two-week tour, um, getting to meet all kinds of Native American artists and potters and sculptors and all kinds of different stuff. And it was just fell in love with the lighting in New Mexico. the <clears throat> The atmosphere is so clear. There's so few people, and I just said, you know what? One of these days, I'm gonna have a studio out there, and then. My mother was reading a book called The Science of Success, and she came to visit a friend here in New Mexico and fell in love with the town and found a place and manifested a new home, and 10 years later, we're still here. So um, that's where I currently reside, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. USA, USA. Ciao for now. Vincent, how are you, brother? Listen, my friend, thank you very much for um, for your call in. And uh, I really appreciate your perspective. That was so cool. I wanted to make you aware just so you didn't miss it, that I put a little something up on my channel, a little something special from the old days. The cover of Unsteady by Zachary Freedom is up on my channel when you hear it i think you're going to remember how powerful how incredible and how amazing his voice was back from the early days in anchor version one good stuff my friend thank you so much again for taking the time take care
0: vincent how's it going hope you're having a fine day in new mexico just listen to your story about working at the skip barber school after your uncle what a great story i left a comment in the text but really enjoyed listening to that it's just totally amazing sounds like uh my younger adulthood as well just trying to get into racing doing anything i can sweeping floors and volunteering but yeah heard of all of those guys man Zambell. bell he's uh, doing super well in the imsa series right now and pat long i mean like you said yeah what a legend and you got strapping into his first race car uh, that experience that you recall actually reminds me of a segment i've got on my own station called my racing passion where i described my first outing in a single seater race car as well it's it's right towards the end of that segment but that's such a cool story laguna seca i mean what a mecca of speed in california as well one of the greatest tracks in the usa for sure i would probably say laguna was the first american racetrack i really fell in love with um watching kart series drive around there and of course you know, you've got to talk about Turn 9 at Laguna, the Corkscrew. What an awesome piece of road that is. And we're um, hitting that one up in the video games. I mean, if that's a passion of yours as well, the sim racing, then, uh, you know, I respect that. That's amazing. I'd certainly be doing that if I couldn't do it for real. Because, I mean, I I just try and get to racing anywhere I can. Certainly as a younger guy without the resource. You just, you know, you do whatever you can. And, um, no, that's that's cool, man. Enjoyed hearing about your Mercedes and the Porsche and the passenger ride and everything. Just, that's that's really amazing. I would not expect for a second when I called in to ask about your harmonica segment that all this great racing content would come back at me. So, I'm really digging it, man. Thanks a lot for sharing.
1: Yeah, racing's definitely been in my family for quite a while. My little brother ended up... Uh, he owns a wrap company, vehicle wrap company out in Dallas, and then uh, he created a energy drink for Gas Monkey Energy. Or, uh, well, he came up with the concept. He was doing the motorsports marketing for uh, Gas Monkey for a while, and he got to go to the 100th Indy 500 as a sponsor of a race car and so that was really cool because my uncle who used to work at the Jim Russell Racing Driver School actually went to Bob Bondurant Racing School when it was at Laguna Seca and he had attended Jim Russell back when it was at Sears Point which is now uh, what the hell they call it Uh, Infineon I guess it is the one up in Sonoma the Sonoma track and I would suggest if you do not have a sim rig, that you should definitely get it because the the fidelity of of the racing now with like iRacing and those kinds of programs are so good that you can get a lot of track time in when you don't have time to be on the actual track, and it's amazing how much uh, I've probably got. Pfft, uh, between the different racing games now, I probably have over 600 hours, six or 800 hours of driving. So yeah, it's freaking awesome. And man, I there's so many different racing stories, so many different drivers I met during that time. One of, actually, the very first IndyCar driver I met was Jan Beekus. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He he raced gosh, that was back in the early 90s, he was a cart driver, and my uncle did his motorsports marketing for a while, which was kind of interesting, because my brother and I ended up having a motorsports marketing business later on, yeah, as well as our helmet painting business, but yeah, racing's a fascinating, fascinating sport, and uh, I just, I love the digital racing of it, you know, as much as i Love being out there on the track and around the cars and everything in, in real life. The the digital version of it gives me the same excitement at a fraction fraction of the cost. You know, even with my VR rig and my built-up PC and everything. Fortunately, you know, I get to use it for my Photoshop work. I design vehicle wraps and the graphics that go on cars for, for you know, my cash flow. And, um... But because I have such a beasty computer for designing full-size semi-trucks and stuff like that, it works great as a gaming rig, also, so, yeah, man, you just never know the connections you'll make out there, and, uh, I'll have to check out your station and, and, uh, find that, find that wave, did you, I'm assuming you saved it in an episode, so I could listen to it back later, because right now it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm getting ready to head off into dreamland Probably probably do a little bit of virtual diving in my dreams Ciao for now
0: Vincent, how's it going? Hope you're having a fine day in New Mexico Just listening to your story about working at the Skip Barber School after your uncle What a great story I left a comment in the text But really enjoyed listening to that It's just totally amazing Sounds like uh, my younger adulthood as well Just trying to get into racing, doing anything I can sweeping floors and volunteering but yeah heard of all of those guys Mantan Zambell, he's uh, doing super well in the MSA series right now and Pat Long I mean like you said yeah what a legend and you got strapping into his first race car uh, that experience that you recall actually reminds me of a segment I've got on my own station called My Racing Passion where I described my first outing in a single seater race car as well it's, it's right towards the end of that segment but it, that's such a cool story Laguna Seca I mean what a mecca of speed in California as well one of the greatest tracks in the USA for sure I would probably say Laguna was the first American racetrack I really fell in love with Um watching kart series drive around there and of course you know you've got to talk about turn 9 at Laguna the corkscrew what an awesome piece of road that is and we're um, hitting that one up in the video games I mean if that's a passion of yours as well the sim racing then uh, you know, I respect that. That's amazing. I'd certainly be doing that if I couldn't do it for real. Because, I mean, I'd, I'd just try and get to racing way I can. Certainly as a younger guy without the resource. You just, you know, you do whatever you can. And, um, no, that's that's cool, man. Enjoyed hearing about your Mercedes and the Porsche and the passenger ride and everything. Just, that's that's really amazing. I would not expect for a second when I called in to ask about your harmonica segment that all this great racing content would come back at me. So I'm really digging it, man. Thanks a lot for sharing.
1: Oh, you know, the other interesting thing is I got to go to Laguna Seca before they modified the track. I watched Kart and... Let me see, what else was that? Uh... Oh, gosh, the Chaparral cars and the Can-Am cars and the Historics. Oh, my God, the Historics at Laguna Seca. Oh, I got to experience the, what was it, 50th? Yeah, 50th year of Porsche. Uh, that was the first time they rolled out the uh, their rolling museum. So I got to see Moby Dick. I got to see all the just amazing like the 917s and just uh, i have a passion for porsche so getting to see those cars in in person and seeing them run around the track and uh it still gives me goosebumps thinking about it today uh man i i spent so much time on that track it was by far the the, the favorite most favorite job i ever had it was it was so fun i get to work at Seven in the morning and be done by three in the afternoon, and have the rest of the day to myself. And whenever we did race weekends, we'd take a day off during the week. And oh my gosh, I, I still remember this is funny. The that was when Red Bull very first came out, and there was like three places in California that you could buy it. And there was one of the, one of the places was a local uh, little convenience store there in Monterey. And these guys, the mechanics would come in and they would all be drinking this Red Bull. I'm like, what the hell is this Red Bull stuff? And he's like, oh, it's freaking Nectar of the Gods, man. And (laughs) they convinced me that it had bull bile in this. And uh, I remember... The first time I drank one, I was going to see my girlfriend that lived down in San Luis Obispo, and it was after working a long racing weekend, and I was just wore out. I was driving down, and I thought about getting a cup of coffee, and I thought... And I saw the little... I saw a Red Bull, and I was like, huh, i gonna try one of those. And I drank that thing, and next thing I know, I'm just buzzing along, blah, 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 singing to myself and everything else, and... Uh, Interesting times, interesting times. Thanks for the trip down memory lane, my friend. I enjoyed it very much. I am 44 in this current age and time, so that would have been back in my 20s, back in the good old days. Actually, today's the best good old days. All right, see you later. Oh, yeah, also, I do have a couple of my Motorsports Fine Art paintings on my YouTube channel. But uh, if you just Google Aloistic, you'll find all my different stuff because I made the word up. So anything on there, it pretty much just shows me. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: Just uh, click the link to look at your lifelike paintings, dude. Uh, Jeff Gordon, in particular, is one that I like. But my favorite is the Kevin Harvick picture. It's funny that you mentioned in your segment people pick up on faces and stuff like that i think you captured the man the person in that uh, piece of art extraordinarily well it's uh it's really got personality you know it leaps off the page it's got warmth it's got feel it's not just an image and colors and stuff so thanks for sharing that it's really cool and uh yeah really pleased to uh have some convo with you see what you're up to and hear about your connections with racing catch you later
1: Ah, uh, yes. The Kevin Harvick one was a very interesting... I, I ended up having to paint his face three times. I My first two approaches just looked... Ugh, it looked so bad. And then I was using some other techniques, and I just finally said, screw it, I'm just going to freehand it absolutely just... I just did it. You know, And... and it was a it was definitely a challenge so I uh, appreciate that uh, you feel the life in it and the Jeff Gordon one was really interesting because I used a lot of colored pencil in that one uh, it was it was really interesting pulling that one together uh, another one that was really interesting is the uh, which I'm really glad I got to do those paintings was the the Toyota one was actually the very first one for Toyota and I, I Uh, I've met the driver before his name totally getting out of my head right now Uh, but also the very first win for uh, a car of tomorrow I also got to capture that in that image so yeah that was fascinating I I ended up uh, donating all of those paintings to the Speedway Children's Charity in Dallas so I gave every single one of them away, the one with Tony Stewart, I actually got, uh, Tony Stewart actually signed that painting, and he and I auctioned it off uh, in a silent silent auction for $6,000, I think it was, yeah, for the Speedway Children's Charity, and the Ferrari ones, those were crazy, that... The the three Ferrari paintings I did all went for like ten thousand dollars or something like that. Uh, I think it was like eighty five hundred because he, the guy bought three of them, so I discounted them. But yeah, I love capturing the energy and the passion of racing. Uh, the paintings also because they were so large. Uh, Really had so much more impact than they do when you look at them on, you know, on a monitor, because they're equivalent to a big screen TV, really. The the size of the paintings.
0: No, that's cool. You got to see Laguna before it was modified. I know exactly what you're talking about, because despite being a young dude, uh, I'm all well up on my racing history. You mentioned one mark in particular, the Chaparral, Jim Hall's white machines. Uh, what an innovative, brilliant engineer, creator. And I mean, I'd call him an artist as well. Maybe not in the fine art sense, but um, the way he thought, I think, deserves some creative credit for sure. Pioneer of American race cars, of course. And um, certainly I went through a period, maybe five, six years ago, um, where I was really big on Chaparral. It was around about the time I was writing my dissertation actually in college because I did that all about race car aerodynamics. And as one of the industry leaders back in the late 60s with uh, the Chaparral cars, I did a lot of study on them.
1: Oh, yes, going around Laguna Seca. uh, Watching that first race, I'm trying to think of what year it was. It must have been like 89... Eighty-eight, somewhere around there. It was before they they finished the track, changed it up, and oh my God, those indie cars were so fast, so fast around that uh, down the straightaway and off around that turn before they put in turn one and two. It was just, ugh, oh, it was absolutely amazing to watch, and then. I don't know if you've ever been to any of the historics and seen those great Can Am cars with their, like, what were they running? Six, seven, eight liter engines. Just monsters. Sounded like a thunderstorm just ripping down the track. Absolutely amazing.
0: And in addition to that, yeah, I, uh, I caught some of the media that covered the 50 years of Porsche celebration and um, there's a lot of historic stuff that goes on at at Laguna Seca uh, the Monterey Classic and the auction as well Uh, goes there every year but yeah that collection of uh, Stuttgart's finest I remember seeing the pictures in magazines and stuff at the time if you were there man that must have been incredible so thanks for sharing that experience if I had to pick my favourite racing Porsche it would probably be a good fight between uh, the 917 The short 917, 917K, and then probably a 956 as well. Um, Not as much a fan of the 962, just looked a little different, a little sketchier. I like the Shell livery on that one, but for me, the earlier cars, 83 through 86, the Rossmann's livery, they were the best ones. So either that or a Golf 917.
1: Mm, Man, do I love the short tail. That is one of my favorite cars to drive at Nordschleife on of on Corsa. The, oh, such a fun car to drive. Uh, I remember watching those at the Historics, and, man, that historic event. I, I, I was pinching myself the whole weekend. I mean, it was just, because that was one of the neat things about working at the, the racing school. I got a free season pass to Laguna Seca for the whole year, for two years, got to go to every race, every event, every club event, everything that, any kind of car that came out there, man, I I saw, let me see, uh, oh man, uh, oh gosh, the name's slipping my head right now, Uh, uh, testing, was the most fascinating the different kart teams would show up and it'd be the driver and just their their team and that was it and you literally could just like hang out there and talk with them and and see them at the track and god i got to meet so many different racing drivers back in those days uh Thanks for, thanks for taking me back down memory lane on this, man. That was, that was so much fun. And, uh, I had so much fun in those times. Had no idea at the time how, well, yeah, I did. I really appreciated the time I spent there. I really, really appreciated it, because it was like a dream. Literally, like, going to work at Laguna Seca? Are you freaking kidding me? Every day, get to get up and go to the racetrack. Man, I was the first one there and the last one to leave. <laughs> Speaking of the last one to leave, we used to we had Dodge Vipers, and I remember one time I was the last one to leave, and and the the crew chief told me to you know make sure I parked the Vipers and stuff, and I was out there and I was like, hmm, there isn't anybody around for miles, cause it was like I was the last one there. It was pretty late at night, and of course I took the Viper out and did a few donuts out in the parking lot and whatnot. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was so interesting because that was before drifting really took off, and the instructors would try to to see if they could drift around the the track on you know for the car control clinics and whatnot, and. There was a few of the guys that just oh man just had amazing car control, just so consistent, so amazing to watch. I mean, it was like watching a dancer that just the they were dancing literally dancing with that vehicle. It was fascinating, so thanks again, man. I appreciate it and uh Yeah, I need to do some more, do some more driving, I just, I built myself a little, my own driving rig, uh, I've got it to where, you know, I've got my shifter mounted and my steering wheel and pedals and all that, but, uh, I built a little toy car for VR, so you literally jump into it like a little, uh, formula car, and, uh, it's just, uh, it's fascinating. I'm gonna have to go do some more driving. It's been a, it's been about a week, two weeks. Gosh, uh, yeah, I've been playing a ton of, playing a ton of other space games and all kinds of other things. I yeah. need to get back in my driving rig. I haven't done any laps on the Nordschleifer in a while. And uh, anytime you want to talk about motorsports, man, hit me up. Uh, I love motorsports. You have been listening to The aloistic Artist right here on... On meow? No, it's not meow. It's on anchor. It's on anchor. No, it's anchor. Not meow. Can you say anchor? My cat doesn't know how to say anchor. I'll have to work on that. (laughs) So if you pick this up as a podcast and want to interact with me, come on over to the Anchor app anchor.fm